Welcome to the Animation Society Podcast, the official podcast of the Animation Society Club at San Francisco State University. I'm Colin Searles. I'm Nash Holcomb. And I'm Eric Trin. And this is episode four. 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 So let's start it off with some Animation Society news. Eric? Oh, were there any new news? I don't think there were. Oh. But uh, I guess to reiterate what I said last time, uh, we already have a t-shirt design, actually. Woo! Uh, So we decided on that last meeting... And uh, David, uh, one of our uh, society members... Maldonado. David Maldonado. David Maldonado. Shout out uh, to David Maldonado. Say, but, yeah, congrats, David, uh, for your uh, design. And uh, we'll be talking about the t-shirt options uh, next meeting. Uh, if you want a t-shirt or a hoodie or both. Or like um, a long sleeve sweater or something. Yeah. One of those things, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh we're going to be discussing movies that we'll be screening for this month, hopefully. Over in a couple of theater. Yeah, so if you have any suggestions, uh, old or new, uh, we'll take a vote on it next week or, you know, this week or next week. And I'll have to figure out how to <laughs> preserve the Coppola. Right. <laughs> Good luck on that. Um, nothing else new. Cool. Up <laughs> for some reason. Anyway, so um, on to just general news. Um, we, we mentioned it before the podcast. Um, it's just a rumor for now, but supposedly... Sony is going to be making an animated Ghostbusters film. Yeah. To go, or... To tie in with the upcoming film next summer. I'm pretty sure that they want to get all the um, actresses to do voices for their own characters. But I kind of doubt that would, like... They would have to... I I can't see uh, Hollywood actors and actresses doing an animated cartoon every single week. You know, but... I don't know. Um... Are we excited for this? I'm not really. I'm not well, s- to be honest, I'm not a like huge Ghostbusters fan, but I did uh, watch the uh, other animated series. I seen, I seen it on real TV. Ghostbusters. Right. Never really followed it. Uh, I did see the first movie, just the first movie. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Oh yeah, so uh, like a perfect yeah. film that does not need to be remade. Why did they call it the real Ghostbusters if it was animated? That's a good point. <laughs> where, where does it take place? Is it in the same place? I, the animated one or yeah. the next one? Wait, the, which the, one are we talking the about? The real Ghostbusters. Is, the, the real Ghostbusters. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be the same characters in the same place after the events of the first Ghostbusters movie, and they actually had some merchandising tie-ins with the second Ghostbusters movie because every everything animated from the 1980s has to do with merchandising. So I was gonna say uh, if they do an animated one featuring the female ones. That's the idea. Yeah, yeah. Then it'll probably be, it should be called the real Ghostbusters of whatever that location is. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I get it. I get it. Uh, I'm assuming they're in. Well, the original one was in New York City, so I don't know. Whatever. Real Ghostbusters of New York City. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they'll all be holding apples. Anyways, uh, is there any other news? Um, I just heard this this morning. I don't know how much you guys would care about this. It's more like of a video game thing. Microsoft just recently bought Havoc. Oh. They are responsible for... Engine, right? Yeah, they are mostly responsible for uh, physics engines. Um, yeah, it's used in a lot of games. Yeah, they do some really, really big physics stuff. And um, So Havoc is... Because I remember, I remember watching like a behind-the-scenes uh, documentary on... A short documentary on the making of The Force Unleashed way back when it was being released. And I think they, they were bragging how they like, we have all these different physics engines. Like, I think Havoc was one of them. Euphoria yeah. was another one. So, and they actually, I don't remember what, but they explained what each one does specifically, and I don't remember now. Mm. So what does Havoc do? What is it? Uh, I'm trying to remember. I 
Is that they were where, saying is that which like games a, they've done? Is that like for particle effects, where things will break apart into uh, independent pieces that interact with the environment? I think so. Yeah, and maybe Euphoria might be like ragdoll effects or something. I don't know exactly. It might be, but but there anyway, was, there was a third one also. Yeah, there. People are guessing that this is because of Crackdown Three. If either of you have heard of it, no. Pretty much, what's going to happen in Crackdown Three is in the multiplayer mode. The city is one hundred percent destructible. Whoa. You can knock down an entire building. Wow! Like realistically, hmm. like all the buildings have like structures and like internal. That would be homes. really cool if there was um, permanent consequences for doing hmm. something like that, That's or at the very least, like as the game goes by. They start. You can see them starting to rebuild, like construction sites <laughs> for everything that you. Blow yeah, up. this is for the multiplayer. It's we, not for the single player. They can make kaiju games. Oh yeah, Ooh, kaiju. not just Godzilla. I mean, yeah. there was a recent Godzilla one. Yeah, the way they have to do this is um, they rely heavily on the cloud to compute mm. uh, oh. these digital digital Xbox ones. Interesting. So, like, knocking down a block of buildings would take, like, four digital Xbox Ones to compute everything. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. So they're all connected via the cloud. That's kind of yeah. a clever solution to get around the console limitations. Yeah. But a great thing about it is, normally in video games, like, say, if you shoot at a wall, the hole you see is just a just an image of a hole. It's mm. not, like, an actual hole. Right. Whereas in Crackdown 3, if you shoot at a wall and you see a hole there, that's an actual hole in the geometry. Well, wasn't there... There was a game for the PlayStation 2 that did... Um, it was innovative because it, it could... You could shoot through walls, and, and you can make new, like, tunnels to different areas of the maps. Uh, what was it called? I don't remember. It sounds familiar, though. It was though. Red something. Red was in the title. Was it Red Havoc? I don't know. It was, <laughs> the Havoc engine? I, it was something. It was... Red I remember Dead? it was cool no. because because it it was like a multiplayer the type of split screen multiplayer. Dig Dug, you know the the old. <laughs> remember split screen multiplayer? You know, yeah. Night. It was that, but then like, <laughs> and these multi these complicated like multiplayer maps where you're like you're hunting each other down. You can just shoot through walls, and so you're like running, and suddenly the wall bursts open. This guy comes out and shoots you in the face. And it's like I whoa. Think so yeah, I, I can vaguely remember Call of Duty World at War having that. Not with, like, all walls, but, you know, like, say if you're fighting in Japan, oh, yeah, where they yeah. had, like, the yeah, really uh, thin walls. Yeah, the, not all the forms of cover are sufficient, depending right. on what type of gun is shooting through it. Right, right. Pretty cool. But yeah. Yeah, I've, I've actually got a bit of ranting to do about the trend of dropping split-screen video games. Especially Halo, which well, is, like, known for, like, split-screen You can play. talk about it now. We don't, we're not, like, obligated to talk about the thing, you know. Wait, but we have a discussion topic. Okay. All right. I guess, I don't know. Tune in next week for Colin's rant on the split-screen video game multiplayer. Because I kind of miss We it could too. talk about that next week. Yeah. If you want. Yeah, let's it's, a, right. it's a pretty big topic as well. Yeah. Okay. We'll talk about that next week. So it's like not even an option for <laughs> some games, which is kind of... Yeah. Which drives me nuts. Okay, so... So um, uh, I wanted to clarify something I mentioned in the last episode mm. about the Miyazaki Complete Works. Oh, yeah. Um, so I said... I believe I said 13 films. Um, it's 11 films. Oh. And that's... That includes Lupin the Third, Castle Lu- of Lupin, Cagliostro, uh, Nausicaa, uh, Castle in the Sky, My Neighbor Totoro, Kiki's Delivery Surface. Oh, sorry, Delivery <laughs> Service. Surface. <laughs> delivery. Service. This is from, the first surface on what yeah, you she's deliver. From, she's from the subterranean. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Porco Rosso, uh, Princess Mononoke, 
uh, Spirited Away, Hell's Moving Castle, Ponyo, and The Wind Rises. Mm. And on top of that, you get a lot of extras, and that includes uh, Yuki no Tayo, also known as Yuki's Son, which is a 1972 television pilot based on a manga by Tetsuya Chiba that was directed, storyboarded, and animated by Miyazaki. Hmm. Nice. Um, episode 26, 27, and 41 of the 1972 anime series Akado uh, Suzunosuke. It's kind of random numbers to throw in there. <laughs> Maybe those are the only ones I can get there. They were, uh, let's see, it says it's featuring storyboards by the film. Okay. So okay. He so probably worked on those. On those episodes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, plus, an uncut version of Miyazaki's retirement press conference. Hmm. And also, The Great Dichotomy, looking at the works of. Hayao Miyazaki by Tomohiro Machiyama, which is this big book that's about Miyazaki. There's a documentary about him, like on Netflix, isn't there? Um, I've been I heard that. some people talking about, yeah, some kind yeah. of Miyazaki-related documentary. Have either of you seen The Wind Rises? No. Uh, no, I have not. Oh, I've been wanting to see it. Is, yeah. that like his, is that like his only film that's based off of like an actual person and or events? I know nothing about it. Uh, mm, it's yeah. about the guy that designed the Mitsubishi Zero. Oh, mm. I don't know how true to history it sticks, but interesting. Right, so it is an Amazon exclusive. This release, it, it was released in Japan and Europe before, but for North American release, it's an Amazon exclusive, and it retails for two forty nine ninety nine on Amazon. You can Yikes. get it for like about two twenty seven ninety nine. What and, a discount! Uh, <laughs> it comes out uh, November seventeenth uh, next month. Oh, right. And uh, also, in other news, last week I went to see uh, the Iron Giant signature. Oh, event. yeah. Yeah. It also played this past Sunday, uh, October 4th. I had so, no uh, time to see it. I missed it. Um, so I haven't seen the, the movie before then. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, this was your, your first, first time seeing First time. Oh, that's pretty wow. cool. Yeah. I haven't seen it since. Like, I, I've heard a lot of people talk about it. My friend talked about it before. Um, You're wearing a Giants shirt. And this was, that, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> San Francisco. And this is before I learned about Brad Bird as well. So uh, yeah, so I thought it was a it was a really nice movie. There was a lot of things that <laughs> I could tell were very Brad Birdish, like the con- uh, the tone, um, the content. Um, it, it just feels like a little more mature than most kid uh, yeah. kids films. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of things that well, the whole looming Cold War over. like backdrop, everything like. The beginning when they're watching isn't Hogarth in school and they're watching like the the little like duck under your desk and the nuclear yeah, bomb was, attacks yeah. like and he's <laughs> bored like whatever I don't school sucks yeah. and yeah that video yeah I like those videos because they're they're always wrong <laughs> yes duck yeah. and cover duck and, and cover. Uh, there are a lot of people there in the theater um, I, like I, thought, that. I thought it was I thought it was gonna be like kind of little but it was. Fairly, like... I'm glad... Was it a like, full house? Nearly. Nearly. Huh. I know... Like, there's you, enough. If you look into the Iron Giant's reception when it was released in, what, like 1999 or something like that, it was well-received by critics, but it did not have a big box office. Because, hmm. um, I don't know, it's Warner Brothers animation, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's Warner Brothers. Okay. I don't know, for whatever reason, it, didn't, it did not get a huge audience. Like, there may have been some kind of issues marketing the film yeah because this was the heyday of like 2d animated films with starting to integrate 3d into it that was kind of the same with tomorrowland i mean i read an article this morning talk or brad bird was talking about how like say when he was uh making movies for pixar Uh it was 
almost like easier to market it because everyone already knows Pixar. They already expect it to be point. good quality. Yeah. Whereas Iron Giant and Tomorrowland, they were like kind of original ideas. So yes. it's like, how how do you? Well, not technically for the Iron oh, Giant. Yeah, true. Okay. And Tomorrowland is based on a ride. And Iron Giant is based on a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the interview was basically talking about like he wasn't completely happy with how Tomorrowland was marketed. He, he wasn't blaming the marketing people. He was saying, like, it, it wasn't an easy movie to market. Okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like, personally, um, for, from my perspective, that even though I had no interest in watching Tomorrowland, that I felt like it got plenty of marketing. I do recall there being lots and lots of commercials on television, at mm-hmm. least. And I know people aren't watching cable television as much as... Oh, it got marketing. Movies, it just wasn't... It was hard to really say what the movie was about. Oh. And even thinking about it now, I, I find it hard. To... When you say like they, when you make a movie on something like Pirates of the Caribbean, Disney ride wise, mm-hmm. it's like it's kind of obvious. Oh, this movie is going to be a, a pirate adventure. It's a pirate movie. And it's like Tomorrowland. What's going to happen in that? The future? It's the future, I guess. We, we haven't had a movie the in the future. <laughs> Welcome to the world of tomorrow. And now we've mentioned future on every episode. Yay. Okay, now we just need to mention Halo and Lego Movie, and we'll be all pixels. And pixels. Adam Sandler. Okay. Every episode. We'll try not to mention them Speaking every of episode. Tomorrowland. There was a reference of Tomorrowland in the movie. Like there was a it was like on TV or something. The ride. Oh, yeah. okay. I was gonna say. So that, they referenced that, Tomorrowland like, decades ahead. Yeah, I, I get a oh, poor choice of words. I guess. <laughs> That's what Pixar um, does. Don't they reference movies that haven't even or yeah, their own yeah. little Easter eggs? Yeah, those are cool. Mm-hmm. The second time I watched Inside Out, my cousin like remembered, like, hey, isn't there always an Easter egg for the next film? He's like, oh, yeah, we're looking for it. And in hindsight, it was incredibly obvious. The uh, dinosaur? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, what was, uh, Riley's memories. Remember the dinosaur on the way to California? It's like, oh, okay, the good dinosaur. I uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so animation was cool. It was really cool. Uh, nice. The giant, was. they said it was... CG, but they... It's like, looks like a cel-shaded um, yeah. uh, 3D animated. And they used this, something in the program to make all the outlines look like it was imperfect. Because you know how like in oh. digital stuff, the lines would just be like really perfect lines. Right, and stuff. So right. they try to find a way to make it imperfect so that it looks oh. like it was drawn. Hand-made. Nice. Oh, clever. Giant was... Uh, Giant was... I am Groot. Was very Vin Diesel, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Super I can oh. I can probably see why they chose Vin Diesel for Groot. I guess because they're like, hey, oh. this guy can knows how to not talk much. <laughs> I, I don't remember if we talked about this already, but what I do like about the Iron Giant, I can go into a little analysis of the film, is how it does not reveal much of anything about the giant's backstory. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, a lot of it's a mystery. He comes from space. And then it's implied that he is a super weapon because he is a super weapon, as we see later in the film. Mm-hmm. Spoilers, and, um, but similar to the themes of Superman, who he, he like he he comes from space, mm-hmm. and presumably like they they think they retroact they revamp Superman's backstory in the nineteen eighties where he uh, he's was sent by Krypton to be a dictator to rule the Earth, which they kind of hint at in the Man of Steel movies. Where it's like you were made to lead them into the sunlight. Like, do you mean like as a dictator, or as like, (laughs) or but because he was raised by good uh, small town folk in Smallville, farm folk, Superman becomes a good guy, and and the Iron Giant experiences a similar. uh, Mm. You know, he he comes from space. He doesn't know where he came from. 
but he was raised by a good boy and but it's implied that yeah he was probably sent to mm. conquer the earth that's interesting if it was made nowadays they'd have spent like half an hour explaining his backstory yeah. and all that it's best i think to leave that a mystery it's the coolest part of the that's film. the thing that bugs me about movies recently is they need feel a need to explain everything because they have to set it up for expanded universe films in the future. <laughs> because now we need to make a film about the backstory and characters, spinoffs with characters from the backstory doing other things. People want like the full explanation. I don't. Leave it a mystery. So, because when something's a mystery, then people can actually talk about it afterwards. Yeah. And, and hypothesize and speculate. Yeah. What, why why did the Iron Giant Yeah, like yeah. If, uh, if you remember Tom Hanks' big... I think it was Tom Hanks. I never saw he, it. Uh, this mysterious machine that uh, made him turn into a kid, and then he starts. No, I'm sorry, not he was a kid, and he turned into an adult, which is Tom Hanks. Hmm. And then he starts um, getting a job, and he actually moves up to like manager or whatever. It's really interesting uh, because you never really find out how it works. Like it's just oh, yeah, right there, and then it happens. It doesn't quite. And then at the end of the movie. Um, Spoilers, but <laughs> he goes back to being a kid because he wants to be a kid again. Oh, yeah. Hooray. So if that thing happened, like, when? How old is right that now, film? I remember it's watching. Really old, yeah, I remember watching it a really long time ago. If you remember the whole piano dancing on the I don't. giant piano scene, that's like one of the famous scenes. Dancing on a piano or a piano dancing? It's on like a, a piano. giant piano in the toy store, like right. on the floor, and he's dancing. He's dancing. He's like tapping onto the keys with uh. like one of his uh, workers uh, or boss. I think hmm. it was Family Guy. Okay. Uh, did a spoof of that. Uh, what oh. doesn't Family Guy do a spoof <laughs> of? Good point. <laughs> I watched like a bunch of Family Guy before starting to watch movies that I should have seen already, and just realizing like, yeah. oh my god, so Family Guy referenced that. Older, yep, that's how, that's, that's like, a good indicator. Um, like one of the most dramatic and just heart-wrenching scenes in Goodwill Hunting was almost ruined for me because I'd seen the family guy <laughs> make fun of that scene before. I was like, no, I don't feel anything during this scene. Thanks a lot, family guy. <laughs> Reference humor. I just oh. realized I said something ruined another thing for me, like every episode. Oh. <laughs> I keep saying the word ruined. Ruined. Ruiner. Ruined. This night is ruined. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, it's, it's interesting when you brought up the whole they kind of changed Superman into from like he was his a dictator or whatever to like this guy, good guy, and that was the thing that was in the film itself in Iron Giant. How uh, Hogarth is saying this this comic has a bad guy, and you're not the bad guy; you're the good guy. You're Superman, and that comes up later in the film as well. Superman, right? that's the theme. Yeah, they. It, I mean, in that way, they made the analogy between the Iron Giant and Superman a little too obvious, but it was mm-hmm. yeah. you know it's because it's a kids movie. Yeah, it's like yes, he is Superman. Came from the and sky. Guns kill. Yes, guns kill. Guns are bad. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so uh, b- before the movie started, they had the they had, of course, they had a, a oh like a little interview. trivia. Yeah, they had a trivia, and they also had an intro with uh, Brad Bird. Oh, cool. Yeah. In the beginning, who's explaining like about the new scenes and like how he thanks the fans for like still um, supporting. Yeah, yeah, supporting this movie after all these years and stuff. Right. And uh, also, um, after the film was over, uh, they showed a sneak peek of this documentary of behind-the-scenes stuff of milk making the Iron Giants, which oh. will be included oh, in cool. the signature edition uh, home video, DVD, Blu-ray. Yeah. I do believe it's available for iTunes now. 
but I'm not sure about like the DVD Blu-ray release. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have to get the Blu-ray to see the behind-the-scenes stuff. So. <laughs> yeah, that's and how it works. Yes, Blu-ray about the exclusive. Yep. About the trivia, yeah, I do. I did want to um, do this trivia with you guys to see okay. if you remember some details oh, about dear. the movie. Memory is not my strong suit. All right. Well, here's it's here's been a while. first one, which should be really. This is a true or false question. Okay. So true or false, Brad Bird began making animated films when he was 11 years old. Oh, I heard about this one. Uh, I'm not going to say anything because I saw him tweet the answer. So. Oh, okay. Oh. So your turn, Nash. Well, I don't know. It's 50-50. Yes, it's true. I don't know. Yes, it's true. Yeah. Oh, wow. it's so true. He started his first animated film at age 11, finished it at age 13. Uh, the film brought him to the attention of Walt Disney Studios, where at age 14, uh, Bird was mentored by... Um, Milt Call, I can't. I'm not sure if that's saying. He's mentored right. by Disney Animator, uh, one of Disney's legendary animators, oh, known as legend. the Nine Old Men. Oh, Nine oh wow! Men. What what did they animate? at 14? What did these people animate? The so legendary. Um, they animated like the first few, the first few Disney movies, didn't they? Oh, really? Like they weren't they the main animators behind like Disney's first movies? You mean Between like those? The nine, we we watched so the behind like the scenes. Classics. We watched a behind-the-scenes documentary, and it was those two old guys who were animating the Jungle Book, which was like the last. Yeah, I think that was Disney. them. Okay, so there are two of them. Oh, okay, nine. I think I remember something like that. Wow, cool. Yeah. All right. Next question. Um, this is an obvious one. Who was the voice of the Iron Giant? Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. But I want to read. I want to read the other choices. Okay. Oh, so there's a multiple choice. choice. Okay. Uh, there's Dwayne Johnson, <laughs> Christian Bale. Oh my god. And Harry Connick Jr. Where are the drugs hiding? Where are the <laughs> Who's drugs? That? Um Who's that last one? Harry yep. uh Harry Connick Jr. Who is that? I don't know actually. Oh. Uh you will find out soon enough. <laughs> but in the next answers. question. So Some what listeners are going, How do you not know who he is? I know. Him, right? I'm sorry guys. Uh, what year does the Iron Giant take place? Is it 1951, 57, 57, 59, or 64? It's 57, right? Sputnik's year, right? I'm Am pretty sure it's 57. Yeah, it was the year that Sputnik I was... I don't remember too well, but I'm pretty sure it was 57. The year is 1957. Wherever Sputnik has just been launched by the Russians. So the Iron Man, a children's book that inspired the feature film, was written by which British poet in 1968? Is it A... Ted Hughes, B, Thomas Hardy, C, John Keats, or D, Stevie Smith? Oh, God. I don't know. I'm just going to guess Ted Hughes. Yeah, Ted Hughes. I'll I'll Uh, guess that. Do you want to give me an explanation why? Because it sounds familiar. Yeah, it sounds familiar. But all those names sound familiar. All right. Yeah. I'll reveal it afterward. After what? (laughs) So, the next question is... Harry Connick Jr. voiced which character in the Iron Giant? I already mentioned his name earlier. So he voiced which character in the Iron Giant? Is it A. Dean McCoppin, B. Kent Mansley, C. General Rogard, or D. Earl Stutz? Dean is the uh, beatnik hippie, right? Yes, the guy who like has the junk. Call me Dean. Uh, the, the junkyard guy, beatnik. Yeah, I remember oh, I liking know. him when I was little. I don't know I, if I'd still like I don't remember you mentioning any of these characters' names, by the way. And you said, I mentioned it earlier. It's like... Uh, I mentioned... No, he Harry. mentioned uh, the oh, Harry yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were like, who is he? Yeah. Um, so... Um, I'm going to guess the general. 
Um, who's the uh, the asshole with the red hair? <laughs> who's like? Oh, who's uh, the asshole? I'm not sure. Is he, he is he is his name on there? You know, like the, the might the, be Ken or Earl. One of them. Okay, let's just go with Dean because I know who he is. Yeah, I, I think it's Dean. Oh, I oh you don't know? <laughs> okay, you don't know. I don't know. I saw this question twice, and I think I guessed General Regard. Wait, what kind of trivia is this? <laughs> Let's just say Dean. Let's okay. just say. I'm pretty sure. Look it up on IMDb. Yeah, right. I'll look it up right now. So, the next question. What is the full name of the young boy in the Iron Giant? Is it A, Howard Hughes, B, Hogarth Hughes, C, Hugh Hogarth, or D, Henry Howard? Uh, do the first two again. Howard Hughes? No. Hogarth Hughes. Yeah, probably. Because Ted Hughes is the author of The Iron Man. Yes. Okay. That's why I didn't explain that Ted yeah, Hughes. Got right. it. Whoa. So he was named after, yeah, Ted Hughes. Okay, next one. Who was the voice of Annie Hughes? That's the mother. Yes. Is oh, it? I just saw it as I was looking up. Well, okay. I'll just read it for me. All right, I'll just read it. Okay. Yeah, Harry Connick so Jr. is Dean. I knew it. So is it Jennifer Aniston? Reese Witherspoon, Courtney Cox, or Julianne Moore? Uh, ooh, wow. I'm going to just guess Julianne Moore, but I really don't know. I don't remember. It's it is so Jennifer Aniston. Oh, okay. That surprised me, too. She was still on Friends in 1999, wasn't she? Or had the show ended already? I don't even know. Uh, I think it was still going. Okay. Wow. All right. So I looked up that hairy guy. <laughs> he was in Independence Day. Iron Giant, everything mm-hmm. else I don't recognize at all. All right. 1990s was his golden. <laughs> oh, Dolphin Tale. Way to go. I don't know what that is. You don't know Dolphin Tale? Is it that documentary yeah. about dolphins or something? It's not a documentary. It's, but it's about dolphins. It, it's based off of a dolphin that lost its tail and these oh. kids oh. and this guy like make it a new was plastic that a tale. Um, there's a sequel. There's a sequel yeah. for I some reason. I've seen something recent about that. About this is like... The only part I found cool—well, I haven't seen it. At least, like, I, I've seen for three or four years. Uh, the only thing I really found interesting about it was that the dolphin playing the dolphin in the movie mm-hmm. was the one it's based off of. Oh well, yeah, because like, let's find a dolphin and cut off its tail. And we need to use CG to make. <laughs> yeah, well, they could have oh, used CG. I guess they could. Kind of hard to CG mask when its fluke splashes water everywhere. Was toothless based off this dolphin? <laughs> is there uh, more Iron Giant? Uh, yeah, there so, is. Oh, so just a few more. Um, what comic book does Hogarth show to the Iron Giant? Superman. 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 Uh, the other, Green Lantern. The other choices were Aquaman. Green Lantern. Batman. Green Lantern. And Spider-Man. Oh. <laughs> uh, he did show... I remember he showed off different comics as well. Oh, yeah. But Superman was the one that was like the important one. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, next question. Which character in the Iron Giant said the following quote? Welcome to downtown Coolsville, population us. Is that Hogarth? Or Dean? Or the Iron Giant? Or Kent Mansley? It's not the, it's Iron, not the Iron Giant. It's probably <laughs> Dean. Because he probably said, oh, Coolsville. No, I think it's Hogarth. Yeah, uh, it was Hogarth. Okay, yeah. fine. Jeez. <laughs> I, can't, I, couldn't, I can't see Dean saying Coolsville. I, don't know, I feel like he would say it a little sarcastic. Okay. Though. Okay, so I asked this one to you, Nash, uh, earlier. Uh, on Hogarth's bedroom wall, he has a poster of what 1956 film? Oh, I didn't even, I didn't even know um, the answer to this, though. You did ask this earlier, yeah. but I didn't know the answer. So the choices are Around the World in 80 Days, Forbidden Planet, 1984, 
and Godzilla, King of the Monsters. I, I think I remember seeing Forbidden Planet on his wall. Yeah, my gut instinct says Forbidden Planet. It is Forbidden Planet. Wow. Okay. Nice. Okay, and how many words does the Iron Giant actually speak in the film? Zero, seven, 53, or 111? I'd say seven. Uh, yes. Seven. Um, yeah, do, do, do his, like, mumblings and jibber-jabber count? Perhaps. <laughs> it says how many words, not, like, sentences. Uh, yeah, I'd is, say, like, seven. The number was actually 53. Really? Huh. Yes. Okay. I think I also thought it was seven. What do they do? Add, like, 40 more words and then delete his <laughs> They have a scene where he <laughs> says... It's just a whole conversation. Yeah. He's trying to repeat the same Hey, hold on. How's it going? <laughs> Superman, Superman. Uh, <laughs> how tall is the Iron Giant? Like what, 50 feet tall or something? 20 feet, 50 feet, 100 feet, 150 feet? Oh. Mm. Um, I'd say 50. Yeah, I'm going to say 50. Biddy is Biddy. Biddy is right. How tall are the Transformers? Like according to the... Somewhere between Michael 50 Bay and 100. They're, they're roughly the same size. Right. No, if you, no. If you can like hold someone like in your hand like that, right? That, that, that's like you're 50 feet tall. Optimus is taller than Bumblebee though. For example, well, Bumblebee is not fifty feet tall. Bumblebee is like not even as tall as the house. The house, you know, he Bumblebee is probably like twenty feet tall. Uh, I got Why are we talking about Transformers? <laughs> I got I'm sorry. Four, I got four more questions. Okay. So, okay. Which, which actor who worked on the Iron Giant said the following quote about Brad Bird? Brad directs like a conductor. He literally gets all of the notes by waving his hand. Was it Vin Diesel, Jennifer Aniston, Christopher McDonald, or Eli Marienthal? I don't know. I'm just going to say Christopher McDonald. Why not? I'm just going to say Vin Diesel, but whatever. I believe it was Vin Diesel. Oh, but you don't know for sure? <laughs> Let's <laughs> pretend I'm right. Yeah. Let's say you're right. Fact check, please. Someone fact, fact check. Okay. In what small town does the Iron Giant take place? Do you do is it multiple choice? Or yes. Okay. No, it, it's right in the answer. Woodstock, <laughs> Vermont, Rockwell, Maine, Rockport, Massachusetts, or Stonewell, Massachusetts? Isn't it Rockwell, Maine? Yeah, I think it's Rockwell. Is it? Is I it? knew it was in Maine. So It's definitely Rockwell. Rockwell, like Norman Rockwell, which inspired the art style of the Iron Giant, by the way. Oh, my God. Whoa! Uh, this next one I actually kind of forgot, but... Let's Isn't go there Rockwell, anyway. New Mexico? <laughs> what is that? What is the town in New Mexico called? Roswell? Roswell. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's close. Roswell. Norman Roswell. <laughs> just paints aliens. Just... <laughs> so aliens. In 1989, which rock musician released an album that was adapted from The Iron Man, the children's book that served as a basis for the Iron Giant film? Uh, so, A, David Crosby from The Birds. B, Keith Richards from The Rolling Stones. C, Peter Townshend from The Who. Or D, Ringo Starr from The Beatles. Um. Hmm. Wasn't he Ozzy Osbourne from Black Sabbath? Wasn't Ringo in Ringo and the All Stars by then? I'll give you a hint. I'm, Wait. Pretty, I'm pretty sure it wasn't Ringo. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. But Ringo. I'm just saying he wasn't in the, the Beatles. Didn't exist in 1989. It was, I'm just gonna say the the Who, the guy from the Who. That's what I'm gonna say. I honestly forgot. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> why are you even reading us this if you don't even know? Because I thought you'd know. I don't. <laughs> okay. You're supposed to know everything, Nash. I'm gonna say it's either. I, I'm gonna say it's Keith Richards. Okay. I think I said the Who before, and, and I'm pretty sure I was wrong. Ruth Kitchards. Um. I also don't know this last question. But how many Annie Awards did the Iron Giant win? Four, five, six, or nine? Um. Eh. Well. I don't know. 
Five. I, I mean, whatever. It doesn't matter if you don't know it. I can look this yeah, up. Yeah, what's right the now. point? Look it up. You should have said that like after the fact. Because now we'll, we're not we'll even look it try. up. We'll look it up. Okay. Right Anyways, on. that's it. That's all you have. <laughs> so okay. who's the winner? Um, I am. Who cares? I don't know. <laughs> but everyone go buy the signature wins. edition when it comes out. Because the Iron Giant's great, and Brad Bird needs more money to make more 2D animated films. Yay! Which he may or may not do. I just recently got an update from uh, oh, Hello Blue. The answer is nine. Nine annual. Nine, 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 nine. Is that what the Germans are saying? <laughs> oh, Glorious Bastards reference. Yeah, but ah. it's not animated. Nine. Okay. Should we uh, dive into our yeah uh, topic of discussion? Yes, we should. Okay, so recently, as of the past few years, let's just say five, there's been a recent trend in Hollywood where um, classic beloved animated films have been readapted into live-action movies. Allison, Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland is an example. Mm. More recently, uh, Cinderella uh, is an example. Um, there is an upcoming Jungle Book film, mm. and a live-action Jungle Book, and live-action Peter Pan film. Uh, oh, there was more. So are we talking about um, straight-up adaptations? Because like, like the Peter Pan one's going to be a prequel, technically. Yeah, and Hook was like a sequel way back in the, you know, in the... And like the there's Maleficent, which is a prequel. Oh, Maleficent. Yeah, that... Okay, so I think it still counts if it's set in the same universe because okay. it, it's set in the same universe of the original animated movie because okay. Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland was uh, not an adaptation of the book. It was an adaptation of the animation because it included elements yeah. from Alice through the Looking Glass, which... If you were, if it was an adaptation of through the of Wonderland, then it wouldn't have anything from Through the Looking Glass, but it does. And now but they're having a Through the, the Looking. I know, Glass. I know that that's coming out because they need to make more. There will be an Alice Through the Looking Glass movie also being made. So thinking about this beforehand, I was thinking, oh, I haven't seen you know any of the animation to live action adaptations, but I, I have seen Alice in Wonderland. I didn't like it at all. I don't even remember much of it. That's. The, there's also Snow White and the Huntsman. That's another one that came out okay. a little mm. while ago. And that's another, like... Is it even a... Well, I don't even know when it's supposed to take place Isn't relative it, to the animation. Wasn't Hawkeye in that? The guy who played Hawkeye? No, the guy who played Thor. Chris Hemsworth oh, okay. is the Huntsman. With, uh, Hawkeye was in some, with, like... With Bella Swan. Stupid. Anyway, sorry. You were saying something about Alice in Wonderland or whatever? Oh, yeah. Um, and I, did, I had no idea, like, how to really word my distaste for the Alice Wonderland movie. But luckily, Nostalgia Critic has a <laughs> review of it, yeah, well, which... I haven't seen the Nostalgia Critic review, but for me, um, I thought it was okay, and then it led up to a pointless Lord of the Rings-esque battle scene. Yeah. I'm thinking, this does not uh, feel right. There's just no reason to put a giant battle scene in Alice in Wonderland. Like, how did the real story end? She woke up from a dream. Boring, oh but in a battle scene. <laughs> it feels like the whole movie was just a way to get more products into Hot Topic. And, <laughs> and it's, also, it's also a chance for Tim Burton to make another film where Johnny Depp can play a, co- a weird character. Wizard of Oz, when? And for... Wait, Tim Burton's Wizard of Oz, when? <laughs> and for What's-Her-Face to play a... Who are you talking about? Helena Bonham Carter? Yeah. To play the Red Queen, I she's guess. always playing some she plays, wacky. Yeah, it's true. 
she's kind of typecast uh, for Tim Burton films. And I don't and, like her. And partly for the... Well, that's the thing is that you have to watch her in other things. Like, um, she's in Big Fish, like many other Tim Burton regulars like Danny DeVito, and they're all great in Big Fish. Okay. Big Fish is... Big Fish. Big is Big Fish is Tim Burton's best film because he's the least Tim Burton-y type of film, if you mm. know what I mean by that. Like, it's very... It still has that Tim Burton art style to it, but... It's not weird and crazy and kooky. Okay. And it's like I think it's the perfect movie. It's just all the movies I've seen Helena in. She's super annoying, and I just don't like her because of it. Um, what about? I haven't seen the King's Speech, but I know she plays um, the queen. I believe in King's Speech. Oh, Although, okay. She was fine in that mother, one. I guess. Have you seen the King's Speech? Yes. By the way. Uh, the King's Speech is based on a completely false premise because the king, who did have a stutter, got rid of his stutter in 1927 when he had to address the Australian Parliament. Mm. So um, he, he had all his speech coaching and whatnot, he did have, but it was for that event in 1927 right. and not at the outbreak of World War II. Do you think we'll ever get a movie that's truly based on a true story? <laughs> truly no. a true story? Uh, some documentaries, yes. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, I think actually I want to mention that, uh, Colin, you put it really poignantly way back when Cinderella was being released. Just a Facebook status that said, wasn't the animated Cinderella good enough for you people? And I was like, <laughs> I clicked the like button a million times. Because I was like, so that is so... you liked it, then you unliked it. Yes. Then you liked it again. Okay. <laughs> yes. Like, unlike, like, 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 like. No, no, seriously, though. That is, that's a great point, because... Obviously, we all know why these movies are being made. Money. Yep. Money for name recognition. We Everyone recognizes the name like Cinderella. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they've... Cinderella? That's my favorite princess! M- movies aren't the only, the only area where they're doing this. Like, there's been Beauty and the Beast TV show adaptations on the CW or whatever. Like, there's movies... Oh, isn't there, uh... What's that show? Beauty and the Beast? No, yeah. um... That was uh, a nice picture show. Uh, what, <laughs> what's it called? Once Upon a Time? Oh yeah, they were like yeah. having Disney princesses. Only yeah, live action. All live action. They threw in Mulan recently or something. Yeah, like and that. Frozen and as well. Merida. Oh, oh, and yeah, Merida is more recent, I think. Wow. Oh. Is there nothing they won't? And of course, they're all like sexy, thin. Well, that's that's just everyone you every woman you see on television in general. Anyone that's like has a starring role basically is. Anyways, that's uh, Hollywood <laughs> sexism, but they just the idea of. Making these animated films in a live action just just based on name recognition. Oh, people knew they watched Cinderella, what, but eh, they're not going to reanimate it. That's for sure because that would be way right. too much effort. And seriously, the, the animation itself, the original animation, be it Cinderella or like Peter Pan, is is fine. It's, right, it's fine. But no, we need to remake. Well, I mean, two D animation holds up. So I guess maybe to in my th- opinion. To their credit, the animated—I mean, the live-action films that are not direct adaptations of the animation, but spin-offs of that mm. take place in the same universe—are slightly more passable. For mm. instance, um, the upcoming Peter Pan film is a prequel, where I guess Hook is still a good guy or whatever. At least you're being a little more creative, and it's not yeah. just a live-action recreation of the animation. I'll be honest; I'm actually interested in Pan. Except I'm really, really unhappy with Tiger Lily being white. Okay, well, here's the thing. Tiger Lily as a character is really is kind of an insult to Native American culture. And I yeah. don't think any Native American would want to play that character. Well, I mean, why don't they just change the character then? 
because to be less racist because it's based on the both the animation and the original story. And I don't think it's. Mm. I actually think that getting rid of any kind of ethnic identity might be the best choice. I remember okay. the hollow blue that when they when they when the casting was announced, there was a big old hollow blue about oh my god they cast a white woman as as the Indian princess Tiger Lily. And what I was reading, and this is just from my personal experience, most of the people that were complaining weren't Native Americans, and the few Native Americans that spoke up, or at least those that claimed to be, said, uh, the idea of an Indian princess is false. There is no such thing as an Indian princess, and we wouldn't want to play a character like this anyway, because it's, oh, okay. it's a racist character mm. anyway. So yeah. you're like complaining, why didn't they get the African-American actor to play the blackface character? It's going like, to be complaints kind of on racist. my side, yeah. honestly. Okay, then maybe I will give it a chance. And also, in defense of the Alice in Wonderland one, which, again, I do not like, there have been hundreds of adaptations of Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen, like, five live-action Alice in Wonderlands. It's the same thing with, um, like, The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Because everyone was obsessing over, like, uh, the James Franco Oz Great and Powerful remake, but that's, like, there's been so... Actually, The Wizard of Oz... The original starring, isn't even... It, well, The Wizard original. of Oz starring Judy Garland was not the first adaptation right. of The Wizard of Oz. That's they, just the first one that they, became popular. They did it at least once during the silent era. I mm. thought they did it twice. It's possible, but I know at least once they made a Wizard of Oz movie when movies were still silent. Right, so. right. And without color. They were ahead of its time making remakes. <laughs> yeah. That was the first big remake. And I, there were there were people like us complaining back then saying, why are they remaking Wizard of Oz? The silent movie was fine. Wasn't it good enough for you people? Yeah. So remakes. talking? Remakes aren't new. But still, we're getting a lot of bleh ones. Yeah. I mean, at least uh, Wizard of Oz was a good remake. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, 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 once, I once tell the position that I said like, all Hollywood does nowadays is just remake and, and adapt from source material. But when you do think about the earliest movies, the big movies in Hollywood, a lot of them are also adapted from source oh, material. Yeah. They obviously are not remakes of previous films because there wasn't as big of a library of films. But like Gone with the Wind is based on a book, for instance. Hmm. And you have a lot of these. Um, really based off of book stuff, I can understand. Though. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of the early films were based off of plays. But like movies... Based off of movies or stuff like that. Yeah, but I guess that's that's postmodern culture, isn't it? Yeah. Everything is derivative from something, and and everything ha- acknowledges its derivativeness because it just claims there's no such thing as originality anymore. You have to whatever. I just recently heard that they're trying to make uh, Batman Beyond into live action. Oh, I heard about that too. And they're I, failing to make Akira into live action. I, I don't know how oh, I really? feel about Batman yeah. Beyond being in live action. Oh yeah, I only heard. Like, they only mentioned it once, maybe, and then I never heard from it again. Mm-hmm. Although, there, there's also the same thing with uh, the Cowboy Bebop movie with Keanu Reeves. And uh, there was talks about a Death Note uh, movie long ago, mm-hmm. a Hollywood adaptation of that. I want to bring this up. Is Are these remakes, and I, I, don't, I haven't thought about this for very long, I just, just thought that, are they all of 2D animated films? Have any of these remakes been of a 3D animated? Or stop motion animated film, which I guess it is, definitely has in the past. Analog, but you mean talking about specific? Well, I mean, like the, the current crop of, the current of ones, live okay. action adaptations from animated films. It seems to me that they're only doing two D animated films, and three D hasn't been around for a while, so that might explain it. Maybe in the future they're going to do a live action remake of Toy Story. What? <laughs> you never know. Please but, don't. 
But seriously, it's just... isn't Toy Story four almost like a, a remake in a ways? Um, no, I'd say I mean, it's a sequel. I thought I read that it's not going to be a sequel because they have a little little peep in there. Right, yeah, but it's and... it takes place after the events of Toy Story three. In that sense, it's really I'd say it's yeah. Really, did you? I, I understand I, why I, I heard. I get. Mind. I get why huh. you. I get what you mean by it could. It's almost like a reboot because it's you have all these toys that know each other. They're all friends, just like in the beginning of the first Toy Story, with the exception of Buzz Lightyear. All the toys already know each mm-hmm. other, and for all we know, maybe those toys, maybe Andy wasn't even their first kid. Yeah, which it implies that yes, that Andy was their first kid. But now they're with a new kid, and it's like you may as well just start yeah. this whole story. And they story established over. like between between two and three. There were a few toys that were missing, probably because Andy got rid of them or they were broke or something. That includes Little Bo Peep, probably because he grew up, he didn't care about uh, dolls anymore or something. Right. And um, and also uh, RC, he got rid of RC. <laughs> yeah, that's sad. Aww. RC is like the unsung hero of the first film. Remember RC Kids? RC the Transformer? Now it's a drone. Yeah, now, now it's <laughs> Andy a, as an adult has a drone. It's a drone. But it's a talking BB-8. drone. BB-8? It's a crossover yeah, with BB-8. cars. It's a talking drone with... Vi- I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> Do we have anything else to say on the topic? I don't know. I think we've established that uh, it's it's we have a cynical outlook on this. And yeah. The, the films, they might be good films, but it's really yeah, just... Yeah, I, I haven't seen many, so I can't what, what really, really say. What really bothers me, it, it taints the experience for me, is just like the intention behind making the films in the first place. It's like, let's let's remake Cinderella. Why? The Cinderella animation is fine the way it is. Like, well, we wouldn't want more money, so let's remake it. Live action, because there's no point in reanimating it. That would be the biggest insult of all, is reanimating it. So, right. so would that imply that they're only choosing live action because it's the easiest for them, like more most efficient to them? Probably, it's it's easier it's to fastest. do live action than it is to animate. Because it's kind of weird because, um, like the, these films are geared towards children, like of this of the new generation. Are they? But it's well, that's perhaps. a good point. Are they? I because feel like they're they're geared towards like um, preteens and and teenagers. Yeah, teenagers. right. Because if it was children, I would think shouldn't it be CG then? It's going to be like a 3D animated film if it's for kids then? Because that's like... They but I don't think it more. is for like... for. I think it's for kids between the ages of like 12 and 16. The ones that are going to be going into Hot Topic. Yeah, yeah a lot of them... <laughs> like, that's true, yeah. A lot of live action... Like, I think for the last few years now, a lot of um, young kids and uh, tweens have um, been more attracted toward the live action kind of, um, stuff like, I guess, Game of Thrones or Walking Dead, like those mm. types of shows now. And, uh, what is, what else? Oh, I'm saying Game of Thrones, uh, Hungry, uh, Hunger Games. Oh yeah. Yeah. And the, well, that's a and whole, those are, and those are that's like, a whole trend in and of itself. The Hunger yeah. Games. And those are like those really novels. large novels stuff. Like, yeah. yeah. In the nineties, it was mostly chapter books, like Goosebumps. Yeah. Animorphs oh, and a yeah. bunch, and, I don't know, boxcar children or something. So like, those were the things that we grew up on. But I think nowadays that's kind of like gone. Like, no kids today would probably read those. Well, I, or you know, there's nothing that's geared toward them anymore. Like those kind of books. That's a good point. Um, that that nothing is geared towards children because. Um, I, I think it was Red Letter. I want to credit what credits do. I think Red Letter Media was, uh, in their review of Man of Steel, they were lamenting how 
um, superhero films as a genre, now that the people who made the superhero films have like grown up with superhero whatever, mm-hmm. they, they, they're not geared towards children anymore. Man of Steel should never be shown to children. Right. Superman is like punching people in the face going, you Yeah, these are marketed right? towards them because you see all these merchandise. Kind of. But like kids these days... That's a, a kid's thing. Kids these days. They're, they're, <laughs> the Batman that they've grown up with is the Christian Bale Batman. It's like and a psychotic killer Joker and like the the megalomaniacal Bane. It's like these are these are not kids movies anymore. Bat like Batman, Superman, all these superheroes are no longer kids films. At least the, the DC content anyway. Well, partially the Marvel films too. The Marvel yeah, is a little that. more. But it's has, a lot more like pizzazz in there. That yeah. they can you know a lot of more. But that it still seems like they're all geared for the teenaged audience. Yeah. Also, like yeah. with back to the um, adaptations of animations and other source mm-hmm. materials, throwing in a big Lord of the Rings style battle at the end, like in Alice in Wonderland, that's mm-hmm. not a kids movie thing to do. <laughs> that's a teenage thing to do. That's the Star Wars like, prequels yeah, were made for kids. Things. Oh God. Yeah. Didn't you see when Yoda was training those little kids? Sure. I don't know if Lucas Young realized man. who those kids were made for. He just said they're made for... for politics, 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 politics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who, yeah, every kid loves the scene where Palpatine and Queen Amidala are having a, a very uh, boring political conversation, a riveting scene for the children. Yeah, kids are growing up wrong. fast these days, you know? <laughs> yeah. Getting into pol- to politics before know. you know it. They have to know about intergalactic space politics. <laughs> All right. Well, we're just about out of time, and so fortunately, we're going to have to close this conversation. Yes, yeah. precisely. See you next week while we rant about the disappearance of split-screen video game multiplayer. Yeah, we can if you guys want to. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about other stuff too. But but yeah, that is that is an odd thing that we took for granted growing up, and now it's gone. Yeah. Um, once again, um, sooner or later, we're going to have Ben Ridgway on the show, and we'd like to have some questions to ask him, some topics to talk about. So if you, if there are any questions or comments you want us to talk about while he's on the show, just tweet them to us. If you have any questions or comments about the show in general, don't be afraid to tweet or message us on Facebook or Twitter. All right. Cool. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.